Well, this week we're going to talk the second, we're going to go through the second week of our series on Next Step Faith and talk about the exchange of strength. And this is, this was something for me years ago, you know, about 15, 16 years ago that as I was teaching this at VBI and, and uh, all that time ago and, and, and this, this particular lesson, now there's, there's a few lessons in here and different things that we've mixed together, but there was a lesson on strength. And, and when I really began to delve into it, because, because I wake up in the morning and sometimes I don't feel strong. You wake up in the morning and sometimes you don't feel strong. Sometimes in the afternoon, that's why they're selling five-hour energies everywhere. Why? Because you don't feel like you have any energy. And so we're going out and paying three bucks for a little bit of vial of B vitamins that you take that thing and all of a sudden you feel like you are on top of the world. And nothing can stop you and, and nothing can hold you back. But here's the deal is the believer, what I learned when I was in those periods and in those points uh, of my life, I learned that there's a real simple exchange that can be made. That I can take that weakness that I have, and in my body sometimes it's a physical weakness. Sometimes in my, I'm, just, I'm just tired and I can't make it. And you know my story. I get up every morning and look out the window to see if there, the weather was good or bad. Then I got in the shower, and the first thing I did when I got in the shower was I told God, I can't make it out. I can't make it today. I need your strength. And so the, I began to learn how to make an exchange, how to take all the junk that I had and give that to him and take his good stuff into my life. Because it says in Hebrews, and we were there last week at the end of the message, but in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, it talks about running a race. But it says we're supposed to run this race, not just, you know, just running down the road, stop for a little while, and <laughs> not to just kind of take our time and look at the roses, but we're supposed to run our race as we're going to win that race. That's what Paul says, you know, in, in the Corinthians. So you have to go there to hear that. But, but in this particular passage, it says that we run this race with endurance, which means we're going to make it to the end, that we're not going to stop halfway. And I think many times, you might know this, some believers jump out of the gate, and man, they're out there a million miles an hour, and about six weeks later, they are toast and by the side of the road. There was no endurance. There was maybe no root in their life. There was no word, and they never got juiced up. They never took this exchange personally. You know, you can, you can run, and you can give, and you can pour out of yourself all the things that you have in your life, but if you don't receive and take in and, and see, it's that exchange of all the things that are on the inside out and his stuff back in. That's the exchange. That's the strength that comes on the inside. It says, run this race with endurance that he has set before you. The word endurance, if you look in your definition it says it's the ability to to continue to bear up under difficult circumstances and having the fortitude to actively resist weariness and defeat that you can continue to bear up under difficult circumstances the fortitude part means you have strength of mind to meet adversity with courage backbone and guts and we said this is next step faith so this is the thing that kind of comes in our life as we're going to the next level or the new season that god has for us and as you move into those things what do you face more than maybe somebody who just got born again you face opportunities to walk in endurance and needing strength because you face those opportunities that you have to bear up against before, you didn't realize you were in a war. You might not have realized that you, you had an enemy spiritually in your life. And then you get born again, and all of a sudden you get a revelation of the fact that there's somebody out there that doesn't like you, and that there's a reason these things are coming against you, that the devil hates you. He wants to steal and kill and to destroy. And so he's coming against you constantly. So now what you can do, though, is understand that you can have endurance and fortitude in those places. It comes from Jesus, and it's not you on your own. Too many times as believers, we're left out there all by ourselves saying, I can't make it. I don't think I... No, no, you're not by yourself. He's with you. Right. You're not alone. He's with you. You made it through the last one. How'd you do it? Well, I just stuck to it, and I went going, and I prayed, and God gave me courage. He gave me strength. And Well, then you're in the next one. What are you going to have to do? I'm going to have to pray. 
I'm going to have to have courage. I'm going to have to have strength. And you learn to make this exchange, your bad stuff for his good stuff. And if you can make that exchange, then, then you're in a much better place to run with endurance because you have his strength, you have his wisdom, and you have all of his goods. Your strength comes from God. And in Philippians 4.19, it says, through Christ, uh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Oh, I'm sorry. And my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. It's in his strength that, that carries you when you don't think you can go any farther. When you're at a place where you're like, I, I, I can't go on. I don't know what to do. I, I, I'm facing too many things. My, my health is not well. I mean, all those in all of those areas, I can't pay my bills, whatever it might be, is that exchange of who he is for who we are that carries us through the next phase. And, and I think strength is needed at the more at the beginning sometimes than like the middle is kind of easy. The beginning and the end are the hard part. Like at the, when you get to the end of it, you're like, I just can't go on anymore. Or you're at the beginning, you're like, I don't know how to face this. And it's in those places that we exchange what God has for us for what we have. Because, see, in and of ourselves, we can't do it. We're right. I can't do this. I can't go on. My, I have no answers. I don't know what to do. That's true. But in those places, if you'll get quiet and let God talk to you, he'll begin to speak to you the wisdom that you need to move forward whether it's the word of life that you speak over your body, whether it's uh, what to give in the area of your finances, whether it's uh, uh, a next step to take, what wisdom you need, whatever it is, and it's probably a combination of all of those because there's always giving involved in whatever you do. There's always standing on the word involved in whatever you do. That all comes from taking what he is and exchanging it for who you are. You're not anything in and of yourself, but because of who lives on the inside of you, you can make that exchange, and you're exchanging your bad for what he is that's good. And if you need it, all you have to do is ask. Mm -hmm. That's the beautiful part of all this is just asking, Lord, this is what I need. I need wisdom. I need strength. I need health. What do I do next? And he always speaks. It says in his word, it says, you know, if you, whoever says to the mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and doesn't doubt in his heart, but it believes that those things that he says will be done, he will have them. It's believing and, and exchanging that for, who, for what he has for who you are. And that if you ask anything according to his will, he hears you. And when you're pursuing who he is, when you're pursuing things that he has provided for you, then you're praying according to his will. You're not pursuing like, I need, you know, I need a Jaguar because that would be fun to drive. And they're so awesome, you know. You're not, you're not doing that. You're not seeking those things. You're seeking like, God, this is the burden that you put on my heart to reach these people. How do I do it? And when you pray according to his will, you're moving forward towards what he has. All of the wisdom is there. Mm-hmm. Lord, you called me to live this life according to the plan and purpose that you have for my life. And when you do, there's the wisdom, there's the provision, there's the strength. All those things are provided, and you're moving toward who he is. And in that place, then your prayers will be according to his will. You don't have to pray, 
oh, I don't know if this is just for me or if this is just, you know, because it's, it's moving you towards something that he has. And it says, um, in Matthew seven seventeen, it says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. He who asks receives. I mean, God's in the giving business. He loves us. He's like our dad. I mean, if your kid came and asked you for wisdom, like they were in a situation where they didn't know what to do, and they're like, I don't know what to do. Would you say, well, tough toenails, figure it out yourself. Hope you pick the right one. When you knew the right answer, you wouldn't do that. Or they said, you know, I, I'm hungry. Well, how's a rock? I mean, we wouldn't do that. And if we being people who are infallible, I mean, fallible, you know, we, we have faults. We have things that we do wrong. And we would not do that to our kids. But if we're able to love this way, he's able to love more perfectly. Why would he hold anything back from us? So we need to make an exchange of who we are for what he is. Mm-hmm. And it's ultimately because of his grace. It says in 2 Corinthians twelve nineteen, it says, My strength is made perfect in weakness. And he said, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. He has the part that completes who you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and the thing is, this doesn't... This, when you begin to understand this idea, like in your weakness, he's made strong, and it's by his grace. His grace, he fills you with his grace, his ability working through you and in you. His, it's your ability to do something you can't do because he's with you, and he's, he's right there beside you, and he's helping you do it. But you don't do this. You don't receive this strength. You don't, I didn't ever feel stronger in the flesh right then. It's, it's a by-faith situation. You receive and make this exchange by faith. You say, look, this is, this is what I have. This is who I am. This is my mess. This is my junk. I'm giving it to you, and I'm believing, Father, that by faith you will give me the best, that you will give me the answer, that you will give me your wisdom, that you'll give me healing, that you'll give me strength, that you'll give me the finances that I need to do the things that you've called me to do. But see, we, we do it by faith because we don't walk out the door and have those things manifest in our life right then. But as you walk them out moment by moment during that day, I'll tell you this, you'll be stronger. That, that it's, a, it's, a, it's a mindset that you've now reset who you were and what you thought. That I, 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 had to, I had to believe that that was the case. That I had to be all, you know how you are in the morning. I mean, just, just barely groggy dragging in there. And I used to teach, so I had to be at school out there at Harrison really early at 7. So I had to always be up at like 6 o'clock. And I, I, didn't, I got better at it so I could wake up later. But I still didn't like waking up that early. And I would, well, I would be in that shower not feeling so swell, not looking so swell. Every day I wanted to call in tired. I didn't want to call in sick. I, I wish I could call in tired. I'll come in about an hour. I'm a little tired. See, you want to call in a little bit weak. It, it's, not, it's, not that you're, it's not that you're sick. It's not that you don't feel well. A lot of those times you just, you're just tired and you're weak in your, in your flesh. And maybe you stayed up too late or whatever. That, that, that's beside the point. You have, you have a father, an advocate, who will give you the strength that you need to make it through the rest of your day. But you have to understand how to transfer this thing. Get rid of your weakness and take his strength. And you do it by faith. Abraham, it says in in Romans chapter 4, if you go there and read and you can look in the the verse 19, it says, and not being weak in faith, he was strong. It says, not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of, of God through unbelief, but was strengthened, how? In faith. He was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. That in those moments and in those times, he was an old guy, he was 100 years old, and his wife was too, and neither one of them had any business having a baby. 
in the physical, in the natural, in their bodies. It wasn't possible. It wasn't Joel and Tasha at 32 years old or 28 years old or whatever in their prime, physically in their life, baby barren years. This, this was not the case. But he was, it says he was strengthened in faith. He didn't all of a sudden come out of the tent and become like this, this, this Adonis, like young 25-year-old feral dude. He was still the same guy. But by faith, God told him that. So he believed that he was strong. He, he was strengthened in that faith that God would, God would make whatever God promised him, he would make that come to pass if he followed him. And he did. And so it's an, it's an exchange by faith. But what you learn to do is by that by faith part, once you have it, then what do you begin to do? Well, you begin to meditate it. You begin to speak it. You begin to walk it. Those are things that we'll talk about in the next, in the next week or two. But see, now those things, all that starts to become real, right? When Caleb was here, he said, take the word that's out here, put it in here, then eventually you'll see it out there. Take the word, put it in your heart. You begin to live it in your life, and then you begin to see it out there. That, that's what Abraham did immediately. Without saying no, without going back and forth, without doing any of those kind of things, he just went forward with what God said, and he was strong. He says he was strengthened in faith. Well, I don't know if I can do that. I'm not Abraham. You're better than Abraham. Well, I don't want to say I'm better than Abraham. You got Jesus. Jesus is alive on the inside of you. The Holy Spirit, the very power of God that anointed Jesus in this earth as he walked this earth, that very power is on the inside of you. So if you can learn to tap into it, get rid of your junk, and then take what he has for you, whoo, boy, there'll be, there'll be strength on the inside of you that, that Abraham would have loved to have had. Because you're in a different place. You're in a different season. You're the New Testament church. And the victory is already provided. Mm-hmm. So what you have to do is you have to live the victory that he's provided for you. In 1 Corinthians 15, 57 and 58, it says, But thanks... Be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And the definition of steadfast is firmly fixed in place, not subject to change, firm in belief and determination. And immovable is firmly settled or fastened unyielding. I mean, that, those are a whole lot of spine-straightening words. You throw your shoulders back. You hold your chin up. And you walk your walk. I mean, that's basically what it is. And you become like a two-year-old. It says that we're to be like little kids. How many of you guys have ever tried to tell a two-year-old that thinks that they know the right way, some a different way? Yeah. (laughs) Pastor Pam, today. (laughs) (laughs) Two-year-olds, I mean, they are unyielding. Yeah. They are determined little folks. And you can tell them, you can reason with them, you can go down 14 different paths with them. You can, you know, it doesn't matter. You can spank them, and they still might not think that you have the right way. They are very <laughs> determined. They, they know what they know, and they're following it through if there's any power left in their body before you put them in their little cribs and their little cages till they calm down. Yeah. <laughs> but that, that's, that's the way it works. And, and when... The devil comes and tells us something different. We need to have that same kind of mindset. Oh, nope. Yeah. Nope. Nope. I mean, we can say yes and no all day long with a two-year-old, right? Yes, you are. No, I'm not. 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 I mean, the devil comes and tells you something. No, I'm not. That's not what the word says. No, I'm not. That's what the word says. No, I'm not. And when we get that tenacity about us that Mm. that doesn't change, then we'll begin to see the word out here. Mm -hmm. You know, it says that we're to be like little children. I don't think that just has to do with faith. I think it has to, a little bit has to do with the tenacity of a two-year-old. I mean, they're, they, they know what they want, and they're willing to go for it. Mm-hmm. 
And you can't, in all of your, all of your years of wisdom and knowledge, cannot dissuade them that they do not need a sucker at 8.15 in the morning. <laughs> they know they need a sucker at 8.15 in the morning, and why are you in the way? I mean, <laughs> this seems really unlogical to me that you're telling me that the suckers aren't good for me at 8.15 in the morning. But do you see what I mean? I mean, we... We have to be the, what does the word say? Not what we see, Mm -hmm. not what we think, but what does the word say? And when you're in those situations, I'm telling you, if you will ask God, he will give you a word to speak, whether it's a word of knowledge, which is just a a quick word that says, this is what you say, whether it's a scripture, whatever it is, he will give you that word. And if you stand on it, you will see God move. Mm You have, but you have to stand on it. Anytime anything comes contrary to it that says, hey, let's get over here and let's complain and whine about this and feel all broken down about it, you have to, you have to resist that urge because that comes to everybody. Mm-hmm. We all want to just sit down and say, oh, it's stupid. I'm doing it. And, but then, <laughs> I mean, if you haven't felt like walking out and saying, I quit, then you're not getting attacked much, I would imagine. You're because not out there. You're not out there anywhere. Right, because, you know, there's plenty of times where you just want to take your toys and go home. This is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of playing with you. And, but you have to stay by this stuff, and you have to speak what the Word says, and you have to see what, what, what God told you to see in that place. And when you will, you will walk out that victory. Mm-hmm. But you have to be the one to do it. I can't come and straighten your spine for you. Now, I can talk you up, but when I leave, you're going to crumple again if you're not doing it for yourself. And this all happens up here. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it goes back a little bit to what we talked about last week. You've you got to know what God's saying. Not just the things that he's put in his word to you, but the things that he's spoken to you by his spirit. That's why we talked about Habakkuk last week that said, write the vision. Why? So he who, who reads it may be able to run with it. Because there's going to be days when the enemy's going to come against you, and you're going to tell him, no, it's not like that. And he's going to say, yes, it is. And you're going to say, no, it's not. And he's going to say, that's never going to happen. You're going to say, yes, it will. And he says, no, it won't. And then you start thinking, I don't know if it will or won't. And you begin to get confused on the inside. But what do you do? You go back to that word that God spoke. See, you turn back in your prayer journal to that page. You turn back to that piece of paper, and you begin to read that piece of paper, and then you put you back in that place of faith. It puts you back in that spot where you say, I know this is what God told me. I know this is what he promised. And then you all of a sudden see your strength, your confusion, all of those things, the weakness and the confusion are gone, and now strength, and all of a sudden you have direction, and you remember where you're going, and now that comes out. Your inner two-year-old to go with your inner six-foot-two-year-old guy. But yeah, all of those things, see, <laughs> begin to come out. That, that's why you, it's important that you write those things down. I mean, it's important. It, 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 it's, a, it's a bond between you and God. It shows you who he is. And, and we just read that in Romans 4.20. It said, Abraham did not waver at the promise. What did he not waver at? It didn't say he didn't waver with God. He didn't waver with his wife. He didn't waver over here. It said he didn't waver at the promise that God gave him. The thing that you write down in that prayer journal is a promise. That thing that he speaks to you in the night when you're crying, that's a promise. The thing that he tells you is you have your hands up here in church and you're praying, and he, he speaks something about your kids or your job or your wife or your house or your husband. Those are promises. You write those, then you don't waver. Those things are true, and they have to come to pass because God said. If I, if I polled everybody and said, do you believe that the word is true? Yes. Do you believe that God fulfills his word? Yes. Do you believe that God goes back on his word? No. 
then, then why are we wavering? Why do we go back and forth? Why do we have different opinions? Why do we end up one day we're, we're on top of the world and one day we're not? Because we haven't learned in those days where we're not to take the exchange and then get back where we're supposed to be. So you do that. You do that when you wake up in the morning. You begin to pray and you begin to get yourself fired up. Why? Because you're going to face a day and people don't like you in that day. People aren't always for you in that day. People don't always believe the things that God put in your heart for you that day. You're going to run across people who are going to be speaking and believing contrary to what God put in your heart. The whole world is full of them. And it's not like church. It's not like where you share your heart and somebody says, go get them, way to go, come on. When you say something like that out there, man, people are like Joseph's brother, they might throw you in the pit. Maybe not, you know, figuratively, but boy, they'll be all over you. And you'll be the talk of the office or the talk of the plan or the talk of the school or whatever because you're crazy. I'm not crazy. God said this. How many people think that? I mean, come on. Tell me. I mean, they all, it says Noah, man, he was trying to build an ark and people thought he was nuts. But he did. Why? Because God said to build an ark. And he didn't waver back and forth. He built the ark. He was hammering nails and going at it. Evan Almighty. It's a great movie. I don't think it's the same as the Bible story, but it's close. You know, I mean, it's the same kind of principle, right? Here in one of these Wednesdays, in one of these months, here we're going to do at the movies. So we're going to talk about some of those movies and some of those things, and maybe we'll have popcorn or something for you, so it'll be kind of interesting. But Well, I'm glad. I'm glad you'll, you'll be here then. That's good. But don't waver at the promise. Not just the promise that's in here, but the promise that God gave you. That thing that you wrote down, that thing that he told you. Well, it's been so long. Well, it was 30 years for him to have Isaac. Has it been 30 years? You know, I mean, it took longer than that for Noah to build the ark. But it still rained. There came a day. There came a day where that ark better be done. And in your life, there's going to come a day where God's going to come through. If, if we don't give up and end up in another field somewhere. Don't give up. And we have to be confident that, that he's going to do what he said he's going to do. Just like John said, you know, nobody would say, I don't believe the word's true. I, we, we wouldn't, not one person here would say that. I don't believe that that's true. And it says in Romans 421, it says, and being fully convinced that he, that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. Mm -hmm. That what he had promised, he was also able to perform. You know, there, there are, the word is full of promises. And we have to just get a hold of them. And stand in them and believe them to be true for us. Now, I can believe all day for you. That's not a problem. I'll lay hands on you, pray. Yeah, it's easy. Mm -hmm. But believing them for me, that takes real faith. Because you're putting yourself in a position where this needs to be true. You know, and as John said, Abraham, you know, he was surrounded by defeat. But still, he chose to stand. Because when you let your confidence go... That's when you let your faith down. And uh, th something that you need to write down, Hebrews 10, or you have your outline, 35 through 36, it says, Therefore do not cast away your confidence, which has such great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. This confidence is something that, 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 you, have to, that you have to have. It's valuable. To you the confidence that the word is true the confidence that god is able and if if these are things that you find yourself wearing in you need to get these words and you need to and you need to meditate on them and so that that you know who he is so that you become confident in his ability 
You know, it's not just a storybook. It's not just, it's not just, you know, pictures and stories and, and images of what's happened, but it's something that God did so that we could be full, so that we could walk in the victory. And, uh, when you're confident, you're strong. Yeah. Because when you have confidence that it's going to happen, then you can walk like it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And that's the key to it. Having that, that, that concrete assurance and to have that concrete assurance, then you need to begin to see it with the eyes of faith. You need to begin to speak it out of your mouth. And then you begin to walk as if it's true. And I, I've told the story a bazillion times, but my mom, when we were little, she would just pray for us, and then she would just say, okay, you're healed. Go act like it. And we'd be like, okay. You know, <laughs> I think I almost broke my back, but whatever. You know, <laughs> But we never gave it a second thought because she laid hands on us. She said, you're healed. You know, she prayed, healed in the name of Jesus, and then we would walk away acting as if we were healed, and we would then be healed. You know, it, it's that walking it out and that confidence because I had confidence that God would heal me because I had done it several, several times. I had walked out the healing that he had provided for me. Mm-hmm. And I had confidence that when she prayed that I would, that God would heal me. And so there was no, there was no thinking about it. I didn't have to give it a second thought. I just walked it out. And so those are the things that we need to have in our life so that when we walk, that we know that it's already taken care of. And then you act differently when you know that it's already taken care of. Yeah. And you're going to face things. And, that, and that's, the, that's the part. I was kind of in there before and then, then stopped. But you're, you're going to face stuff. You, like Pastor Pam said, you're going to have to endure. There, there is strength that comes. And then once that strength comes, that doesn't mean that the devil's not going to bother you the rest of the day. That's not, that doesn't mean that when you have wisdom from God, he's not going to come and question that wisdom. He came to Eve and questioned. Does that, does that really sound like God? Do you think he would really say you can have everything but not the tree? Come on. And that's how he began to deceive her into, into taking that apple. But you, you have to get to the point where you endure the hardship and the things that come. You know, Pastor Pam said they're with persecutions. Yeah! Are you, mean you're, are you excited about the things you're going to have to face? And here's the reason. Because you're going to win something on the other side of that. When the persecution comes, you're going to win something on the other side of that. When tribulation arises, you're going to win something on the other side of that. When a storm comes, there is peace on the other side, and you're going to win something when you get through that. That you don't stop in the middle, but you endure. Don't go down with the ship. Start swimming. If the ship's sinking, get out and start swimming then. Maybe Jesus is standing right there, and you're going to walk with him the rest of the way. But you have to endure. It says in 2 Timothy 2.3 that we have to endure as good soldiers. That, that as a soldier goes into battle, he doesn't get the opportunity to run and go the other direction. He has to go forward in it. The young man that just won the Medal of Honor, uh, he was just awarded the Medal of Honor, it was either last week or the week before, it was two weeks ago. He, he saved 32 of his, of his, of his fellow soldiers. He, he, they, were in a, they were in a firefight in an alley, and he was in a Humvee, and so he, he, went, he made multiple trips in this Humvee, to right in the middle of the firefight to get the guys in the thing and then back out, and then he let them out. And then he went in and got the next group and then went back out. He didn't say, you know what? I'm sorry for all you guys. I'm out of here. He endured the hardship. The good soldier will endure till the end. If you're a good soldier, you'll fight till the end. You'll believe till the end. You won't give up. Abraham didn't stop half through, halfway through. He believed all the way until the end. And it says because he believed when God spoke to him and because he continued to believe and did not waver, he received the promise in which God promised him, Isaac. 
And that was the beginning of being the father of all of those. That was the way that God made it. It was the way that he worked it out. The word endure means that you're going to last, persist. And listen to this, it's nice. Suffer firmly and patiently. Not suffering like a grump. Not suffering out there telling everybody you're suffering. Not out there suffering and everybody can read it in your eyeballs and in your body language. You're suffering firmly and patiently. So you're going about your business every day, even though that guy in your office or that woman in your office is continuing to come against you, to come against your situation. When that teacher's still coming against your kids, you're standing, you're praying, you're believing, you're speaking the truth, whether it be your whatever situation you find yourself in. But a good soldier is obedient, strong, prepared, excellent under pressure, and able to endure till the end. And here's the thing. In Hebrews, we said in 12.1 that we're going to run this race with endurance. But in the next verse, it says, look unto who? Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And if you could be focused on him, on his goodness, on his will, if you're continually making this exchange of your weakness for his strength, if you're walking in what he has for you, getting rid of your confusion for his wisdom, See, taking your sickness for his health. If you're exchanging all of these things, then you don't have to worry about the fact that I might not endure because you're only going one place in one direction and you're following him through it. Even in the midst of the battle, that guy did not think twice. He was actually told, don't go in there and do that. But in his heart, he knew he had to rescue those who were in harm's way. And so he went into harm's way himself to rescue them. That's a good soldier. And we're good soldiers. And that we will go through no matter what the hardship no matter what we're facing, no matter what's coming against us, because God has promised us his goodness. He's promised us his strength. He's promised us his health. And he's promised us his abundant life and his provision. But he didn't promise us those things if we follow somebody else or if we go a different direction or we turn our back on what he has for us. Those things are all found walking in the center of his will, focused on Jesus following him. But if you do that, boy, I'm telling you what, just like she said, a little bit taller, chin a little bit higher, and boy, I'm telling you what, things are going on. Well, I wish I'd be like him. He never goes through anything. Well, you don't know that guy. He's probably going through all kinds of stuff. <laughs> Pastor Bill's the, he's, he's great at this. You never know what he's going through. He always holds himself up, looks good, and looks great. He's got six halls packed on this side. You know, he's drank NyQuil before he came out here, but he is, man, you don't know that. Why? Because he's not going to give the devil an opportunity to give the devil an inch. Because the goal is eternal, not mm -hmm. temporary. We have to keep our eyes on the eternal and not the temporary. Your situations and circumstances can change at a moment's notice. You know, you can't pay your bills. Someone shows up with $500. Your bills are paid. That's that. Then, whoo, like that's temporary situation. The thing that you're in right now is temporary. The thing that you're facing right now is temporary. It's all subject to change. The only thing that you stand on, the only thing that you speak, the only thing that you uh, have any endurance with is the eternal. Because, you know, your, your situation has changed at any moment. You know, if you, if you have cancer and then you get healed, then you don't have cancer anymore. Then that's gone. I mean, everything is temporary. Mm -hmm. Everything. And it's all subject to the word of God. So our focus has to be on what the word says. And, and it can be either what the word says or what you write down in your prayer journal or what the Holy Spirit speaks to you. All those things are all real. 
And when you focus on those things, you, instead of the temporary situation or circumstance or whatever it is you're facing, then you won't lose your joy, you Mm -hmm. won't lose your peace, you won't lose your confidence because your focus is in the right place. But the moment you start looking to the right or the left, then immediately your confidence begins to wane. And you get off of the off of the um, eternal and onto the temporary. It, it, it immediately you start swimming in situations and circumstances and things that come up, and and then it, you just begin to spiral. But the the key and the focus is the eternal. What does the word say? If you can get yourself back to that place, if you can get yourself back to that focus, then you will be able to walk through it. Mm-hmm. You will be able to see the victory. In 2 Corinthians four sixteen through 18, in the Message Bible, it says, So we're not giving up. How could we? Even though on the outside it often looks like things are falling apart on us, on the inside, where God is making a new life, not a day goes by without his unfolding grace. These hard times are small potatoes compared to the coming good times, the lavish celebration prepared for us. There's far more here than meets the eye. The things we see now are here today, gone tomorrow. But the things that we see now, we can't see now, will last forever. Mm-hmm. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean that you don't believe in it. Just like we said with the gravity. You know, it, just because you're not seeing anything happen doesn't mean God's not moving. You know, in Daniel, the angels came much later and said, I've come for your words. Mm-hmm. And, and it was because of the things that he continued to speak as he was standing that, that, the, that, the, that God came and, and turned his situation around. But we have to see it with our eyes of faith. We have to visualize it. We have to speak it. We have to act it. Mm-hmm. The things that you meditate, you will eventually speak. And the things that you speak, you will eventually do, good or bad. Yeah. I mean, this, is a, this, is, this isn't something that's brand new. This isn't something that just works by faith. I mean, but the things, and if you find yourself, you know, whirling around mentally and doing bad things, you might want to check what you're meditating because the things you meditate, you will eventually speak. Mm-hmm. It all starts here. And the things that you speak, you will eventually mm-hmm. do. And uh, good or bad. So if we, can, if we can capture those thoughts and turn them into eternal like this is what the word says thoughts, then we can change our behaviors and we can change what we do and we can change how we act because that that's the key. Yeah. You're accountable to God for the things that he's promised you and showed you. You're accountable to him to believe him. You're not accountable to him to get them done like completed finished. You're not the one who's accountable. Abraham wasn't accountable to have a kid. He was, he was just accountable to believe God that it was possible that he have a kid. There were things that he probably had to do, you know, along those lines. And this isn't seventh grade science. We need to go into all those things. But there are things that had to be taken care of along the way. But he had to believe that God was faithful. He was accountable to the thing that God spoke to him to believe it, to know that it's true, to not just meditate it, but begin to speak it and begin to live it, begin to act on it. And as he began to act on it, then there was an opportunity for God to do something there. But if he never acted on that, then there wouldn't be an opportunity for him to, for God to do that. It wasn't going to be the first immaculate conception. There had to be another part to that, and Abraham had to believe with his mind, with his words, and with his actions that that was true and that God could do what he said he could do. Abraham had to do that or else he wouldn't have seen or had Isaac in the end. We think that that seeing is believing, but that's not really true. It's believing is seeing. The things that you believe in your heart are the things that you will see. 
You will see them happen and you will see them fulfilled as you continue to follow after God because he is the one who spoke them to you and gave them to you and put them in your heart. And as he does that, he doesn't do so just flippantly just to throw things out and just to disappoint us. You don't want to disappoint your children, the things that you have promised them, the things that you have told them. You try like we just said in Matthew chapter 7. If if your child tries to come and ask you something, you try what you can do to provide that and to take care of it. God is the same guy. He puts something in your heart. He put a dream. He put a promise. And he will fulfill that thing he didn't do it to tease you today just might not be the day but maybe tomorrow is maybe next month is maybe next year is but you have to begin to see it your faith sees right your faith believes all those things that your faith does it acts and it's and and it looks out there you you can visualize it in your heart by faith that's the second corinthians 5 7 i walk by faith and not by sight that's the thing that's on the inside of you and as you continue to go that direction you you will see and you will be an overcomer You will see the victory and you will be an overcomer. There's not an opportunity for us not to. Jesus endured till the end. It says in Hebrews chapter 12, 3, that he endured the cross, despised, ashamed, and all those kind of things. That might not have been Hebrews, but he sat down. He's the one. It says, look to Jesus, the one who was beaten and crucified for us, That that he was the one who took our punishment, who took our pain. He took our stripes. Why? So that we can get rid of our sickness and receive his healing. He took all of the punishment. He took all the spitting and the kicking. He took all, all of that stuff. Why? So that we can get rid of our weakness and be made perfect. His strength can be made perfect in who we are weak. He did that on purpose for us. He endured till the end. So how can we, how could Abraham stop halfway through? If he stopped halfway through, he wasn't going to see the promise that God had for him. But he could have. But he decided not to. He endured till the end. Abraham did. Jesus did. In our life, are we going to? Because it's in the end that you will begin to see the victory. It says in, in John 16, and this goes along with what Pastor Pam said earlier, these things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. It's not the end. Be of good cheer. It didn't stop there. See, we can, we can think, well, that's, that sounds really good. You've given me peace, but then I'm going to face all this tribulation. Well, how's that all supposed to happen? That doesn't seem like that should be right. And he didn't say to them, but be of good cheer. He said, be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Well, what does that mean? That means Jesus Christ over... Well, I believe that. I understand. Okay, Jesus Christ overcame all the sickness, all those things, all the weakness, all the junk, all the things that I've... He overcame all of those things. But here's the deal. He's now on the inside of you. And since now he's on the inside of you, then that makes you an overcomer of all those things. Not because of who you are, but because who's in you. And if you go to 1 John and you look in chapter 4, verse 4, it says, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Connect with the inner you. See, connect with that that Jesus Christ on the inside of you. Connect with the power of the Holy Spirit that lies in your heart. Connect with those things. Exchange your junk for his strength. Begin to make a turn in your life. Begin to make a change. When those thoughts come, you're instantly repelling them because they're anti what God said. They're anti the word. They're anti what he promised you. They're anti what you saw happen last month because God came through for you. They are against the things that God promised you for tomorrow. And so you're not going to take that thought. You're not even going to give it a moment to meditate somebody else begins to speak that thing i gotta get out of here i can't hear that stuff i'm I'm not going to i'm either going to change this conversation to the positive side or i'm going to wander off on my own where i can stay positive and stay focused on what god said 
Seeing something on the inside of you then all of a sudden begins to stir. You begin to pray in the Spirit, and you begin to strengthen yourself in your most holy faith, and then all of a sudden, boy, you don't, you don't even know what's going on, but there's no problems now. They're all still laying out there on the table in front of you, but there's nothing on the inside of you. You know that God's bigger than all those things. Because why? Because now him on the inside of you has strengthened you, and he's built you up, and he's brought you to a new place. And now when you look at those things, you're thinking, hmm, boy, I'm telling you what, he overcame the world, and he's inside of me. He said, oh, I can overcome the world too. And then none of this stuff can stop God. See, if none of this stuff can stop God, then none of it's going to stop you. It can't stop you. It can't keep you back. It can't keep you held down. But we have to be the ones who keep meditating the word of God. We'll be the ones who are speaking and confessing the promises of God. We'll be the ones, as we talk about next week, resisting the devil. But how do you resist the devil? Steadfastly in the faith. Submitted to God. See, there's a, there's a, that, that kind of goes together. If you're walking in faith, you're not walking in sin. That means you're submitted to God. Anything that is not faith is sin. Therefore, you're not walking in his will if you're walking in sin. So that's a problem. And then you try to, well, anyway, that's next week. So why don't you stand? We'll pray this week for strength. I'm telling you, it, 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 it sounds simple. You know, I think many times people say, well, that, that sounds awfully simple, Pastor John. I mean, you just, you, know, you just say that you do that, and then it's, well, that's what I do. We say that in the very beginning of every message, don't we? You know, I mean, the word of God is truth. If I live the word, I will be blessed. If I don't, I won't. It's just that what? Simple. But you have to get to the point. I have to get to the point where I believe that it's true, not just simple, but it's true, that if, that if, that if I actually could wake up in the morning and I, I am not feeling so swell, I'm not on top of my game and I'm a little bit tired, I can get in that shower and I can begin to pray in the spirit. I can be able to ask God, God, I need your strength today. Whatever you face, I don't know what you face. Maybe it's wisdom in your life. We talk about strength, but maybe it's wisdom. God, I need your wisdom. I don't know what to do. You begin, you begin to seek his face. You begin to get quiet. You begin to say, God, I'll take all this junk. I just give it to you. I don't know what to do with these problems. I don't know what to do with these kids. I don't know what to do with my wife. I don't know what to do with work. I don't, want to, I don't know what to do with this car. It just won't work. It, I'm constantly fixing it, and I don't know what to do. Would you just, I just need, a, I need you, Lord. I need your answer. Water beating down on you, right? It's easy to do that in the shower. Nobody's around. And then God begin to speak to you. You begin to hear things. You begin to open yourself up. He may not speak to you the exact answer of that moment, but what he gives you is the strength to make it through to that moment when he does give you that answer. As you're driving down the road, you may drive past the right thing that God said, now look right over there, go over there. You need to go in there and talk to that person. Those things happen, but you have to believe that it's possible to get rid of your stuff and receive his in your life. That you can do that. Why don't you bow your heads and let's pray. We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life or if you have drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.